This is Work of the Beat. It is Thursday, February 27, 2020. I'm Kevin Glad you could join us here on your favorite podcast. As we wrap up the month of February, a couple days away from March Madness, which for the two of us has special meaning, and we'll get more into that in the next week or so as we get towards the end of the college basketball season. But favorite month of the year. Oh, for, for, before I forget, let's go Flyers. Um, <laughs> yours was going to spring training, obviously, yep. and then going to the tournament. And mine was going to the tournament and then going to Augusta. Yeah. And so I know how you feel. Yeah. Because it was, and there were years where I went to the Final Four and then went to Augusta. Then that got a little, that was pre-Tiger though a little bit, so it was a little easier to me. But I mean, I remember once going from Seattle to Augusta. The day, I guess that would have been 90, uh, 95, I guess. That was your UCLA one. But, yeah, this was the – as far as I'm concerned, March, March is the best in month. April, because I did Augusta. Mm-hmm. So that counted. And then you had Penn Relays after that, but Augusta. And then for, for those the rest of us, it's starting NBA playoffs, the starting NHL playoffs. Phillies. Baseball opening day. Sure. It, yeah, it's a great time of the sport. But I didn't cover the NBA, and I didn't cover the NHL per se. No, I, I understand. So but if you're an average little, fan, it's a awesome time. Oh, no. For, for, the, for the average fan, it's there's a lot of times here that are good. February's not a good one, usually. No. After you get past the Super Bowl, you got, you know, that, but in this town, it's always eventful. So, and this February's been no different. Yeah, and in fact, so let's lay out the agenda for the show. First, you got to wish me a happy 37th anniversary. Happy 37th anniversary? Yesterday. Yes. And my wife was sick. It always it, happens. It, yeah, she called in sick. At, yeah, whatever. What do you got, though? Um, by the way, you can tighten that screw I will. on the side. When we, go, when we go to a break, I will. I'll um, the, the show outline. We were going to do flyers, but then Joel and B gets hurt. The Sixers lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers of all people. So, Cavs uh, did beat Miami. Like I heard that Billy King mentioned that every time somebody right. mentioned that last night. I mean, Miami's going in the tank. They're they're for some reason. The Sixers are probably going to finish fourth, despite maybe not. But I mean, the two teams behind them don't look like they're. they're Indi- Cav- Indiana's got some injuries, I believe. Um, so. We'll see. But let's be honest, if Embiid and Simmons are going to be out for a while, they could I, they could fall to seventh just as easy. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, you're right. I mean, <laughs> they, I guess they could. I don't think I don't think Embiid is going to be all that. Well, but you never know. We're taping this on four o'clock on uh, Thursday afternoon. Embiid has been ruled out for tonight's game against the Knicks. Of course, they get on an airplane and then go play the Clippers and the Lakers. Yeah, and we'll get into this with John. But it wasn't so much they lost last night. Oh, it was the way it happened. It's their dogs. Okay? And I don't mean to to, to say, Tobias Harris, from all accounts, is a really good guy. Al um, Horford's a good guy. Al Horford's a good guy. But don't you have to show up? Show up. You're getting paid $25 million. You're getting a max contract, basically. And this is what's wrong with pro sports, not just the NBA. But Tobias Harris should not be on a max contract or close to it. But he had to because the Sixers had no choice. And then they went out and bid. They, they basically bid against themselves. Mm-hmm. And then they bid against themselves with Al Horford. So now you're stuck with what you got. Well, and it's not, you you, know. but you almost have to feel like you're not going to have Embiid during this West Coast trip at the very least. Well, they weren't going to win those games anyway. Oh, but did, even did you like, think they were going to go to L.A. without Simmons? But but think about it. All right, you're not going to be the, you weren't going to be the Clippers or the Lakers. I get it. Right. Sacramento. 
Oh, I, Kevin, I agree with everything you. Everything is now in play. Maybe not Golden State, but, but, but everything it, is in but play. But it doesn't matter. If Simmons is out, which I believe he's probably out longer than we think, um, and that at some point may mean that they may just decide, let's have him out for the season. And the regular it. season, right. Or maybe, well, they might decide, if he needs surgery, they might just decide, let's have the surgery. So they might blow this season off. <clears throat> I mean, if they came up to you, if, first of all, the Sixers ain't making this decision. This is a Simmons camp decision. Yes, but if you go to Simmons camp, let, let's let's say two weeks from now they come back with the the um, whatever diagnosis, and it's not good. It's like, well, you know, he can rest it for two or three more weeks. Mm-hmm. Then he's got to get back strong again. He's got, you know, like you said the other night he can't do anything, right? No. So okay, maybe if you're them and you just say, and if he has to have surgery, which we think he might, that's like a three month recovery yeah. or whatever. Won't you almost just say, yeah, there's, let's there's, have there would it. be a temptation. And by the way, I was looking up the numbers. Uh, Sixers in fifth right now, a game and a half ahead of Indiana um, for the sixth seed. But don't, doesn't Indiana have some, I could be wrong about this because I know they got Oladipo back. Um, so if you fell to sixth, yeah, you end up with Boston. I mean, Miami, so you're basically telling me Miami's going to be seven? Uh, Miami would be four. See, Miami's... Brooklyn been, is seven. Miami's Sixers been, have a nine-game lead Miami's been playing like dogs lately. They really have. Brooklyn Brooklyn is seven at 20... Basically, a nine-game lead for the Sixers on Brooklyn well, for they, seven. They won't lose They nine. won't lose that. So you think the worst they can be is six? Six. And is it realistic they could be six? Oh, it's very realistic. Okay. So if you're six, you'd play Boston. Six, you're probably playing Boston or okay. Toronto, depending on... Toronto no. and Boston are okay. separated by... So unless you believe that some miracle is going to happen... They're probably losing. We're going to get into something later. We'll after, get, it, we'll get in after. No, we'll but get, I got something I want to talk with you about, but I don't uh, want to take up too much time here. Well, we'll, also, we'll also get into um, a little bit of, of the conversation involving uh, the Eagles, uh, Doug Peterson and, and Howie Roseman both making comments. And the could Jason Peters be back on this offensive line next year? Sure. That's a sure. interesting debate. And what does that say about Andre Dillard at this point if – he is well, back. It depends. I mean, look, look. First of all, it depends what you're going to pay him. Right. Okay. He didn't play bad last year. Badly. Is that the, the right? I mean, yeah, at some point, he's just going to keel over and there's not going to be any more. But linemen can play long. Yeah. I mean, you know, and um, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. I don't know. I mean, you know, I maybe, think it's more of an indictment of what Andre Dillard is. At this but it's point. an indictment of every guy they draft. Yeah. Yeah, so I was listening to somebody this week that said Howie should give up the the um, anything the to do with player personnel. He should just handle the cap, do, do that stuff, because he does it very well, and just absolve well, himself. Well, we'll get into that. We'll also maybe t- we'll touch on the Flyers, uh, who are red hot right now. Alone. Yeah. No, really. We just <laughs> let, them, let them alone and let them do their thing, and then, you know, at some point we'll say, hey, and Time we'll, to lace them up. And we'll look ahead to next week, uh, a, a special show, perhaps, if we could get the equipment worked out. Uh, we're from uh, Philly Spring Training. But that's all coming up. But first, John Johnson from 94 WIP will join us here on Work of the Beat right after this. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way? This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Work of the Beat podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports-crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now, your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Work of the Beat podcast. 
Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workingthebeat at gmail.com to join the Working the Beat podcast family. Joining us now, the Sixers reporter for KOW News Radio and 94 WIP. But he's so much more than also, that. Also a talk show host, also Phillies correspondent. Flyers also, guy tomorrow. Flyer, Flyers guy, also morning show fill-in host for Angelo Cataldi on 94 WIP. It's John Johnson. Hey, John, how are you? Gentlemen, how are we? Uh, you're at Wells Fargo Center as we record this. Uh, have, has have they started like burning documents yet? I mean, it feels like a it feels like a crisis you see before a government's overthrown at this point with this team. Well, it's such a soap opera, so much drama. I mean, you know, if, if there was someone from the outside who really knew nothing about the 76ers organization, and I started telling the story, they would think it was all made up. I mean, it's it's. It's amazing. And just when you think, you know, things might settle down and they'll figure something out, you know, another, you know, wrench is thrown in there, more dramas thrown in there. Comments are made by players. Guys get injured. It's amazing. It's uh, unfortunately, it's a nonstop cycle of negative. All right. It's, so it's Philadelphia, John. You've lived here. Kevin's lived here. I, I'm telling you, it's Philadelphia. So let's let's start with the obvious. Joel Embiid not playing tonight. Um is this a long-term injury through at least the West Coast trip? I would think it would, yeah, because this is the final, you know, the next game is the final game before they head out West for a four-game California road trip. I would be uh, shocked if Joel Embiid played any of the West Coast trip whatsoever. The fact that, you know, he we haven't received any information other than, you know, he's he received an MRI today, to which we don't know the results, and... Uh, well, you know, we might get further information as time goes on here, but uh, the fact that we don't know the full details and have not been giving any type of timeline, I would, you know, I, if I were to place a wager on it, I'd say there's no chance he plays on the West Coast trip. And, you know, remember his importance to the franchise. He, you know, he may, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he missed another week on top of that. John, you know, last night they, they lose to the Cavs when he goes out early and, and, I guess you could see that, okay, your, your best player, one of your two top players is out, the other one goes out. But, boy, they were dogs. I mean, doesn't, like, at some point, Tobias and Horford and Josh have to say, hey, guys, okay, like, you know, we're getting paid a lot of money, at least two of them are, and they just didn't seem like they showed anything. Nothing. They showed absolutely nothing. And I, I don't want to hear the excuse Oh, and Bede went down with this is, you know, we can't beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mike, the Cleveland Cavaliers are one step above a wreck team. I mean, yeah. they are a horrible, horrible team. Who They would know, be a seven seed in the South region in three weeks, probably. <laughs> no, they'd be, they'd be like the Joe's like last four yeah. or something. Right, but they, you know, they've already, they've already mailed in the season. They're really count. They're, they're at the point where they're looking at ping pong balls yeah. and, you know, for the 76ers and it wasn't even a close game. I mean, they manhandled the Sixers, you know, for all four quarters. And, you know, I, as much as I can criticize Josh Richardson and I'm not giving him a pass with this, but when you have Al Horford signed to the amount of money that he is over the amount of years, when you have Tobias Harris signs that amount of money and those two combine to go two of seven in the second half of that game, look lackluster on defense or non-existent on defense, a basic turnstile. I mean, that is, it's disgusting. And they shot 14, 14 free throws and four of them 
were by the center before he went out, like in his right. seven minutes. Yeah, that, that's exactly. unfathomable. It's completely inexcusable. They have clearly, I mean, you know, and this all, this part, as much as it's the blame on the player, I mean, it further speaks to, you know, they're not listening to the coach anymore. And when you see what's going on now, I mean, I, I, I we're at the point now where I can't guarantee a win over the Knicks. Is, yeah. this, is this an indictment on the coach or the general manager more? Um, well, it's, I would certainly say it's both. Who is it more? I mean, they both share blame. You're right. But I think this team structurally is just screwed up. No, no, no. You're right. It's, it's, it's horribly uh, put together. I mean, you know, for the one, for all that we knew about Embiid and and, uh, Ben Simmons and what they were on the court and you're expecting growth, but you don't know how much at a given time, how I would design this roster. Elton Brand did the exact opposite with it. You know, when you bring in, Al Horford and Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris has always been, as we've we've talked about this, he's mm-hmm. he's hit or miss. He's you know you don't know what you're going to get. He's never been consistent, and we're getting exactly what we expected. And that's not a max contract guy. The fact that they didn't bring back, and this is such a huge deal, the fact that they didn't bring back JJ Redick is is massive. More than I mean, Butler. Oh, and more than Butler. JJ Redick was a leader, a veteran leader who would call guys out for the way that it was. He he was great at. Uh, his rapport both on and off the court with Joel Embiid. And above all else, he gave you a consistent perimeter threat, which just, this team doesn't even have. I mean, the guys they just acquired, Glenn Robinson has yet to hit a three as a 76er. And he's complaining that he, he doesn't know his role. His role is to catch and shoot the ball. When you're <laughs> 0 for 9 from deep, you're bad at your job. I mean, and that was going to be my next question. Like, seriously, Glenn Robinson, who are you? Like, really, you're complaining about your role. When your role was pretty clear, I mean, Embiid's in the game last night. Robinson has a wide open corner jumper and hits nothing. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it to me, it's like the nerve. Well, it just well, it, uh, and th- uh, and this is where it falls on the coach. Oh, when you have yeah. a guy that's been here for five minutes speaking out publicly to anybody who would listen about how he's unhappy here and he just got here. When you have, you know, Joel Embiid saying whatever he wants and a coach defending him, you know, this is where Brett Brown has lost his locker room. And this is why, I mean, none of us are going to expect the Sixers team to make a deep run in the playoffs. It's not, you know, we're using logic to dictate that, you know, so barring something unforeseen, this is a farewell tour for Brett Brown. And quite frankly, they just, he sh- they should move on from him because he has no control over his players. John, here's what I fear, though, because I, and you know, I listen to a lot of stuff when I'm driving around during the day or whatever. There was people, especially after the Clippers game or whatever, that this is going to come together. And there's a fine line you walk between hope and belief. Okay, whatever. Now it looks like it's not going to. And I'm just fearful that somebody's going to sit there and say, boy, if Simmons hadn't got hurt, this thing would have worked. Or like if Embiid didn't get hurt. Yeah. Well, well, I'm assuming Embiid's not going to be out. I'm, I'm assuming Simmons is worse. But you're right. It could be either. And I fear that because I think, mm. I don't know what people were looking at the first 50 games that would lead them to believe, and maybe it could have. Anything can happen in sports. I get it. you got two elite players, maybe all of a sudden. But what would have led them to believe that they were going to beat the Bucs or beat the Celtics maybe, even though I know they've beaten the Celtics during the season, or beating Toronto, you know. But they kept saying that. You know, and I'm thinking like, well, it was that held out hope because you know what Embiid can do at his when he's properly motivated and he's at his potential. You know what Ben can do. Mm -hmm. You know when when 
the setting is right and you know when, when the supporting cast does their job properly that's what it is but do you think looking- john that these injuries will cloud their judgment like people's judgment when it's time to figure out what we're going to do next season well, the only person whose decision is going to matter the most right now, whose opinion is going to matter the most, is going to be Joshua Harris. It's not going to be Elton Brand because Elton Brand, you know, he has a lot, a lot to thank Brett Brown about, including his job. So Elton Brand's not going to be the one that makes that decision. That'll be solely made by Joshua Harris. And at the end of last year, Harris wanted to move on, and it was Elton Brand and Joel Embiid and a couple other players who kind of had to say, no, no, no he, Brett needs another year. I for as horrible an owner as Joshua Harris has been learning for the first time with his group, a bunch of venture capitalists purchasing a sports franchise and him trying to be involved. I, I, it will be his decision to decide the fate of Brett Brown. And then beyond that, boy, oh boy, Elton Brand has put this team in such a tough spot because you have a uh, high priced guys that were untradeable. John Johnson from 94 WIP and Kevin a positive Picture their force. KYW News Radio joins us. John, one thing that's been brought more to the light because of what has happened here is a little bit of the culture within the room that they have. And and not just the locker room, but the organization. And they're very insular. They you know, you look when they when they got rid of Colangelo and it took the getting dragged kicking and screaming to get rid of Colangelo. You know, they go for a, a G League general manager. Okay, Mm -hmm. they don't go outside that little bubble they have all that often. Does this change this? Would this be the thing that pushes Josh Harris to look to the outside to get a big name coach or a big name real? I I hate saying real general manager. You don't think he's going to get rid of Elton, do you? After a year? I don't know. If this turns into if this turns into a disaster, it could. They get. I mean. this is where it's tough because I, I don't know I don't know what Joshua Harris would do. I mean, maybe he would get out, maybe he won't. Because I mean, one of the it's it's so ridiculous. I mean, even in the moment when you saw it, when they when Brian Colangelo was ousted for all you know for the burner account and all that stuff, it's all revisionist history now. You know, when they went on the search to find a new general manager and or president, you know, they told all those who they were interviewing that. Uh, the entire staff of Brian Colangelo was going to stay, that they could not restaff. So whoever Brian, you know, other than Brian Colangelo, everybody stayed. Mm-hmm. So all this, you know, so anybody who was a potential candidate is going to laugh at you. You know, they tried to, you know, oh, yeah, they tried to, uh, to pluck Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey laughed at him. Oh, I can't bring my staff. Don't even bother calling me. You know, David Griffin, they, they claim, oh, they had, you know, creative differences. They had different visions. No, no, no. It was David Griffin, an experienced general manager, saying, all right, well, I want to bring my guys. And they're saying, no, we're going to have Colangelo's guys, and you can jump in as the general manager. So when nobody was interested, that's when they – because uh, you know, all the time while this is going on, Brett Brown is the active general manager. And he's and he's selecting who they take on draft night, which was, by the way, Zaire. Well, excuse me, it wasn't Zaire Smith at first. It was what's it was his name? Michael Bridges. Michael Bridges, and then he trades him to to get Zaire Smith. So there's another draft bust right there. So and that's when they, you know, at a certain point when everything's all done, nobody's going to be interested in coming in. Uh, the, some of the contracts were already handed out. So that's when they said, all right, Elton, we, you know, you had a year of training in the G League. We're going to bring you in. It's not going to cost us much, and. We're going to hope for the best, and that's the way that it's been. John, it's the way you're saying this, it seems like they're basically saying we're smarter than everybody else. It's either they're, they think they're smarter than everybody else or, uh, boy, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe it's that. Maybe it's uh, it could be the fact that they, ha- they thought they knew what they were getting into, and they really have no idea. 
you know, or they think they're they're the 76ers. They're the owners of the Sixers. Sixers are up and coming. We say what's going to go what's going to happen. You don't get to dictate to us the candidate who we're potentially thinking of hiring. That's what it's, it sounds more like arrogance. And Kevin, and Kevin has said that before. Yeah, and I, I think <laughs> I think you know, look, it, it they haven't done one thing right since they got in the building. Really, if you think about it, we're almost on a decade now. It's not eight nine years, John. Nine, yeah, uh, yeah. two thousand eleven. And, well, and remember too, they've always had like it was always they for the beginning stages. It was always well, who's in charge? We don't know who is it. Well, it was Adam Aaron. No, no, it's not Adam Aaron. It's Tony DeLeo. Oh, no, no, it's not Tony DeLeo. It's it's a different person. Then it was always oh, it's well, Doug. Sam Hinkie. Right. Then, right. Then, no, no, it's Doug. Well, well, maybe it's Sam Hinkie, but it's not really. We're not really sure because Sam does this. But we have other people on. It was always a you know collaborative. There was never that person in charge. So, I mean, it's 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 been this ownership group has been such a disaster. But in the end, they don't care because they're making so much money now. It, it is unbelievable the amount of money they're making. Forget the merchandise, but the, their waiting list for season tickets is like 16,000 deep. And, they, you know, they can't sell them quick enough. They don't care because they're making a boatload of money. Which, you know, there was always a, a philosophy that Josh Harris would try to flip it at some point, you know, because he bought low, you know, he bought off Comcast. who was just trying to unload it at that point. It was, yeah, like it was before, 200, 271 million. And I now it's and probably about a billion. It's, it's over yeah, a little over a billion. Yeah. And we wondered if they were waiting to get an arena built or something there. That talk is all quieted down though, at this point, you know, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I wonder, I really wonder what the next step is here, you know, with this ownership group. Well, I mean, you know, all the stuff that we're talking about, if this starts to fall apart, you know, whether Joel, you know, if, if Joel misses longer time or Ben misses the entire season and things start to collapse and you can't get rid of Al Horford's contract mm-hmm. and Tobias Harris is the same and you end up back in purgatory, all of a sudden people are going to drop off on their season tickets. And by the way, they pissed off. Yeah. And they pissed a lot of people off with season tickets. Right. And and they held and they here's something they made a huge tactical mistake. All those who had season tickets still haven't gotten like the slips for their renewals yet, because they're they were waiting so they officially announced. Oh, by the way, season ticket prices are going up, and and all these people that are uh, waiting to get their renewals haven't gotten them yet. And this is during all this turmoil. So I mean, if I'm some of these people, I'm holding out and saying, all right, well, let me see how this plays out first before I decide to dedicate. You know, between seven and ten thousand dollars to see this team next year. So, based on these finances, if things start to go back, look like they're going to go back to purgatory. That's when the Harris Group, that Apollo Group, may. That's when they may put them up for on the market because at a certain point they're going to hit that peak value. Oh, do you think though, when you use the word purgatory, John? I understand what you're saying, but to me, even like as goofy as this year has been, when you have Embiid and you have Simmons, assuming they're healthy and they're playing. And you have Harris who, you know, I mean, you have a chance. You might not be as good as the Bucks this year at least, and, and maybe tomorrow. But you know what I'm saying? Like, purgatory to me means you're like the eighth seed. You know, you're always in that kind of where you can't go anywhere. I still think there would be kind of hope if if that's the way the team is constituted. I mean, I don't know if they're going to break it up. I would assume no, no, that I, they're... I, 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 yeah. You no, know, and you're. I mean, when you have Embiid and you have Simmons, you have you always have hope because you know what their talent is. 
the question that I, I guarantee that I know every fan's asking, I'm sure you guys are asking yourselves too, is how much longer can Embiid play the game? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, every, there's always an injury. I mean, look what happened just, you know, against the Cavaliers, something so innocuous, something that didn't seem like a big deal, may sideline him for multiple weeks. You know, and then you're going to have to go through that period while he's got to get his fitness base back up again. So he looks slow and lethargic and he's gasping for air. You know, and, and it's just this vicious cycle that seems to happen every single season. And, I mean, look how the NBA works. The players dictate everything. And let's say they get rid of Brown. They bring in somebody else the players don't like. All of a sudden, you got Ben saying, trade me or I'm not playing. I mean, the future is so unpredictable. And the thing is, the whole process was built around the idea of never being – of striving for championships, plural, and not worrying about being a six to an eight seed every year because they always viewed you were going nowhere. Well, what's this team basically – turning into at this point turning right and that's, and it, well and the problem is because of all this money you have sank into these four players and we got we everybody totally understands the Embiid Simmons thing but the other money you have in Harrison Horford is, I mean, an, is an albatross untra- it's an right. anchor they're, they're, you can't trade them and if Al, if Al Horford has truly fallen off a cliff I think maybe he's injured but if he has truly fallen off a cliff and you have three and a half more years of this and Tobias yeah. Harris at a hundred and three and a half dollars, yeah they, I thought they only signed him to three. Year. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. Four-year contract. Oh. Yeah. Right. They, and they're they're not making pennies. He's make, Al, Al's making 28 a year. Tobias 20. is making 32, and it escalates to 35, 36, 37 as the years go on. John, would you and – and then Kevin and I had this talk the last podcast we do, and I, any sport that, that I've ever covered or looked at or whatever, to me the easier thing is to go from the 10 wins to the 50 wins. You can do that. You know, you, mm-hmm. you get a couple players and, and everybody. The hard part is going from that 50-some to a parade or, you, you right. know, making the finals or, be, or whatever. And that's where, you know, and all the people, I think, once they got the 50 wins, they were like, oh, okay, process is over. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's just beginning. And it's hard. No, it's and most fans didn't realize that because a lot of these Sixers fans weren't Sixers fans all along. They've kind of, you know, they've, you know, jumped into the process and understand the mindset behind it. But yeah, that huge jump between 50 wins and an NBA title. You know, you know, we've realized this now. 50 wins in the regular season doesn't mean squat. It means absolutely nothing. The seeding is important. If you get to the third seed, 50 wins. okay, whatever. It's that grind of the NBA playoffs where. You're not facing a team once and moving on, you know, 48 mm-hmm. hours to the next team where you can't hide anymore. And and that's the biggest fear. And that's uh, it goes back to the thing you were saying, though, Mike. I'll, I'll Here's the bit of positivity that's there because, you know, what Embiid and Simmons can do. And you see the Eastern Conference and you see Miami Heat absolutely collapsing right, right. now. That's that fourth seed's there for the taking. You see as great as Toronto is. You know, they get a poor matchup and they could get knocked out, mm-hmm. you know, and you you don't know what it's just it's all about getting to that moment. If they get the chance against the Bucks, like nobody saw them going seven games with Toronto last year and they had that moment to win it. So that's the, the, the little bit of hope that Sixers fans have left. But granted, you know, it all depends how long and B and Simmons are out. Do we see Simmons at all during the rest of the regular season? In my opinion, you will not. Uh, it's when you have a, a nerve impingement, especially that back is such a delicate area and a franchise, especially, you know, um, one with a franchise, an injury with a franchise player, when it comes to the back, they're always going to err on the side of caution. So if it's right, I, I realize it's two weeks to reevaluation. That really means minimum four weeks till he can possibly return. And then they might give it another two weeks just to play it safe. And they can tell you what happened, you know, uh, at practice. It's the all-star and then it, game. It, 
no, it was the way he felt mm-hmm. when you get, when you get that, that type of nerve issue, it usually, you know, stems from a herniated disc and it just seems too coincidental that he fell the way that he did at the all-star game. Uh, and shortly thereafter, he's got all these back issues. And so, yeah, that, in my opinion, you won't see him again in the regular season. You cross how, your fingers for the playoffs. How about Embiid? Boy, oh boy. <laughs> just when you think Embiid Ask could be five hours. Well, I mean, uh, I mean uh, no, and they're because that looks so innocent. And honestly, Embiid's the one who initiates the contact underneath. Mm-hmm. That scares the hell out of me that he hurts his shoulder on a play. He kind of lowered it, which is ironically what Brett kind of wanted him to do in the first place. And he talked about it last week. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know, honestly. I mean, it's the fact that we haven't, because uh, yeah, we received word, um, you know, around twelve thirty in the afternoon, that you know about kind of what's going on. Like he's still being evaluated, and we may have information soon. We may not. The fact, anytime you don't know, if it's something that's day to day, they're going to tell you right away. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, "All right, he's day to day. We're going to give him a few days, and we'll see how he feels." The fact that we have been given no information other than he's still being evaluated, and you know that he got an MRI, uh, you're certainly going to think longer term than short term. John, two things. First of all, if if Simmons doesn't play the rest of the regular season, why the hell would you bring him back in the playoffs? Because you could be because a five. He's, because he's but, your he's your he's your only hope. But he hasn't played in six weeks or seven weeks. I mean, I don't know what. Okay, I get that part of it. Is his is the team going to make this decision or is this a Simmons camp decision? Uh, I, I, yeah. Well, he'll have to be medically cleared first, and then it will ultimately be his decision whether because you know because he could just say I'm still having discomfort and they'll sit him, or he can say I want to be out there as soon as I'm cleared, get me the hell out there, and then and they'll put him out there. And for all the complaints with, that we've had about Ben Simmons, a lot of them justifiable over the years, mm-hmm. I will never ever criticize him um, for not wanting to play. He always wants to be out there. He miss he does not miss games. So because of that, I, I I would think that he absolutely wants to be out there, uh, especially when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, that's what it's all about. John, I guess so. the way I'm – maybe I, I should just put it this way, but let's say at some point they know he's going to have to have surgery. What, you know, he, he could play in the playoffs, not hurt himself, whatever. Wouldn't you want to get the surgery as quickly as possible to get yourself – even though you're throwing this season away, which basically it looks like it is anyway – wouldn't you want to get that to, to start getting ready for the for what's next? Uh, if I'm him, I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if I'm him, I immediately want to get it and just you know, ra- rather than delay everything. But uh, they're doing treatments with him now, and you know maybe they're saying to him, "Listen, we'll try all these options before we have to resort to some type of surgery, and we'll see how you feel." That's probably the route they're going because if because you know obviously the alternative is his season's over and the Sixers playoff hopes are completely done. So uh, maybe they're doing the treatments first. The one thing we bo- we all know from this room, no sport, none of the professional sports has the ability to have the influencers. Uh, like if Simmons has a camp, okay, and there is a point where camps, and we've seen this, you know, LeBron could have come back last year, remember, John? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and, and at a certain point, people There's have no to, reason to. Yeah, yeah people back right. you off. Those people are heard more in the NBA, I think, than any other sport. Would you agree with that? I would, yeah. Um, all right. So John Johnson, you'll hear him on Friday morning from the Borgata. Are you Angelo or Rhea tomorrow? I am Rhea tomorrow. You are with Ange- with Angelo and Al. And, you- and then your flyers tomorrow, right? 
And then I'm Flyers tomorrow night. Yeah, then I got I had WIP over the weekend, but then I'm in for Angelo on Monday. So when, I'm just curious, when do you sleep? Like when, <laughs> when do the eyes actually close for like 15 minutes? Well, tonight I'll get I'll you know I'll get home around one a.m. and I'll sleep till around three. Oh god! I'll get a shower and then I'll drive down the shore. Wait, you don't even go to the shore tonight? Like they usually get gone. rooms down there, right? No, no, we, we have the ability to. I, I just I, I, I there's nothing beats my own bed, and so okay. I, it's 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 worth you know the thirty minute drive home and then the thirty minutes back. It's it's whatever. I mean, what's it's 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 not a job. You just got to stay away. John, I would have been right over to Walt Whitman at, at twelve thirty. <laughs> you would have been in the casino though at one thirty, right? No, no, I would not. No, there would have been a pillow. There would have been a pillow involved in all this. John Johnson, ninety-four WIP Radio. Thanks News so much, Radio. John. John. Thanks for joining us on short notice. No, I'll see you guys. All right, thanks, John. John Johnson from ninety-four WIP. Um, I'm going to say this, and I mean this is one of the highest compliments. When I was doing a lot of WIP stuff like uh-huh. 15 years ago, John was just pretty much starting and getting yeah. his feet wet. He's come a long way. Mm-hmm. He really, really has. I mean, when you, hear, I, when you hear him talk, he's as knowledgeable as anybody, I think. And John has people because he shows up and he's in the building and he is not afraid to ask tough questions. Mm-hmm. But he gives opinions. Like He said a couple things during there that was kind of like negative sixers. Well, not all guys are always willing to do that. Well, no, you know, I mean, and, and, and you know, if you follow me on on Twitter last night, Keith Pompey did that last night. Yeah, um, because all right, boys and girls, I'm going to give you a little journalism lesson. Okay, the first question should not be, even if you are from the, uh, you know, the Don't broadcast. Go Don't go there. It's it, Brett. It, it I know you can't update us on Joel's condition. No, sorry, you can't ask it that way. You can't. Well, you they, can't give him a parachute out. Well, they did. They did. I mean, it's it's you know it's. Look, we. I've been in enough press conferences. To know the first question is all isn't always what I. And I very rarely ask. I wasn't a big question guy, in a mass interview. Like if Jay was in the room, yeah, yeah, we knew Jay. Right. If Cheney was in the room, obviously, you know, yes, we would ask. But um, plus, why give it all the cameras? The first question isn't always what you want, for for whatever the reasons. You know, sometimes somebody just, hey, coach, talk about how you play tonight. Or, you know, and you're like, eh, okay, but uh, look, it's it's probably everybody down there is really, at this point, John sounded like ready yeah. for the loony bin, and it's going to get worse. I mean, <laughs> it isn't going to get better. And, you know, I mean, Brett's going to, in all likelihood, Brett's going to lose his job. I, I don't think Elton's going to lose his job because I don't think you No, but I think guy. you have to look at, at your front office. I didn't and say real. that. But, it, but if what John said is true, that when they fired the one guy and kept everybody, well, that's small time. But that's basically, like you say, with the arrogance thing or whatever the right word is, they're telling you, hey, we know what we're doing. Fine. And and I'm not saying that getting the Houston GM would have been the answer or getting whomever. You know, well, they are going to get Morley after what happened with Hinky, who's his guy. All I know is they're stuck. And they're stuck mm-hmm. sometimes in a good way. Having him beat in Simmons, a lot of teams would want that, even though they're not, you know, maybe they're not compatible in terms. It's their job to make it compatible. It's their job to put the pieces around them, and J.J. Redick would have been one of those pieces. I understand what they did and what they tried to do, but if you're going to tell me in August we're playing bully ball, well, play it. Yeah. You know, at least the Rockets come out and say, hey, we're going to play all midgets, and, and this is what we're going to do. <laughs> and you know what? It's So far, it's been... Everybody laughed at them, and you know they're making. But it. but here's the difference between where I saw 
they were a couple years ago when they hired Eldon and where they are now. You can't justify keeping everybody around. Not after the decisions that have been made here. You can't. I'm not saying that, but I think what's going to happen is... Because because it's not just, okay, I have Simmons and Embiid, okay? Which is fine. And that's a good core and everything. I also have Harris and Horford, whose contracts now literally are going to hamstring us for five years. But in all fairness, in all fairness, when those moves were made, I didn't hear a lot of people criticizing Horford. I did because I thought it was too much money. But when people talked about the move, they were like, well, it's, it's going to t- hurt the Celtics because mm-hmm. he's the guy that guards Embiid. And everybody figured you were going to get at least a couple more good years out of him. Well, you know, maybe not. I think a lot of people were critical of the Harris sign. But Harris, but here's the but thing. But they had to sign Harris because right. they had so How can him. you be critical of something that they had to do? Because if you didn't, unless you had somebody you were going to sign, if there was there a guy out there? Because Jimmy, you know, we kept saying, was it going to be Jimmy, Tobias, both, whatever? Okay, and Jimmy, okay, gone. Um, and JJ was making a lot of money. I, I get, but what would have been the option if you didn't, if Tobias didn't get resigned? What was your options? I don't know. Probably Redick on a shorter term deal. But you had to fill Tobias's spot. Who, I get who was filling that spot? I, that I don't know. That I don't know either. So, so it just seems to me that the team they had last year, and look, the injuries are going to cloud all this, in, unless unless Simmons comes back and he makes some miraculous run in the playoffs. You know, whatever. Um. You're, 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 people are going to say, well, if he didn't get hurt, if this didn't happen, okay, fine. They're, they're a badly constructed team. When you have Simmons and Embiid on your team, the other guys on the court have to be shooters. They have to be. It's just, it, they have to be. Jimmy Butler could shoot. Not a three-point shooter, but he could shoot. JJ could shoot. Um, I... <laughs> I, I, it's going to be a really, assuming this ends the way we think it's going to end, or most people think it's going to end, it's going to be a really interesting offseason because Brett's going to be gone, mm-hmm. I got to believe. So then who's the coach? What does that coach want to do? Well, and, and I think the name you're going to hear a lot is Jason Kidd because Giannis and, and the and the crew in Milwaukee has mm-hmm. praised him for... Well, what does J- Jason do with this group? I don't know. Aren't you stuck? Giannis did mention about the fact that he felt Jason Kidd forced him to grow up. And I think if they did go on the Jason Kidd route, that... Your two big guys grow up. You're, that there's an adult there with a Hall of Fame pedigree. And I think that makes it better. I don't think Embiid's ever going to change. That, no. That's just me. I don't think Simmons is ever going to change. To the degree that we where he's going to shoot the ball from 15 feet. Okay. But when you have Tobias... And Horford, and like you said, Horford's just going to keep going down. It isn't like this is going to get better. Tobias is still at least a young enough guy mm-hmm. that you might get something. Maybe Josh Richardson is a player and all this. Like, how good can Josh Richardson be? But it just seems to me that you have issues going forward. Like I said, if none of these injuries had happened, right? did you think they were going to win in the playoffs? I mean, they're certainly not as good as the Bucs, but no. that you could say about anybody. Could are they, they better than the Celtics? Are they better than Toronto? Well, I, I, I don't know. Point, and, you know, this... You know, we brought this up with John this morning on, on WIP when I, on my spot in the morning show. Does it get so bad that if Embiid, let's say, misses a month or two months? Well, two months is the end of the season. Well, okay, but misses the rest of the regular season. Okay. They're done. Well, does that force management to look at Brett's situation and go, well, you know, he didn't have his two best players and we were well, around a That's what four. I just asked John. Right, and... 
I don't. Have I an could answer. see them being that delusional to think it, it would change. But don't you have to judge the first fifty-five games too? I would think so. And if if especially Brett, when he almost got fired last Brett's year, Brett's message is kind of getting lost, which seems to be the common theme here. That Josh Richardson or that guy that's been here five Robinson, you know. That seems to yeah. be the team. Glenn Robinson, just shut up. But he's not getting through to Embiid. At least that's what we're, we think we're th- seeing. He obviously isn't getting through to the point guard because he came after the point guard two months ago and said, would you please shoot the ball? Doesn't shoot. Um, I, And that's my fear. My fear is that people look at this and say, well, all this happened. We're, we're going to bring him back. And, and, and you know maybe they bring him back and it works out. Or maybe you're sitting here next December and you're saying, why we bring Brett back? I, 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 me personally, if this season ends the way we think it's going to end, and like if they lost in the second round to the Bucks, you could almost kind of say, hey, there are seven sixty-five win teams at whatever they're going to be. That maybe they win the championship. Who the hell knows? It sounds um, it sounds strange. It could depend on if you lose in four or if you lose in seven. It could, but let's say you give them a run. Let's say mm-hmm. you take them to six or something. I don't know. Um. You you could see people sitting there just saying, but I think in my heart of hearts, Mm -hmm. I think it's time for a change. I I do too. You know, and and maybe it's unfair. I don't know if it's unfair or fair or not, because I don't know what Brett had to say when they made these moves. Mm -hmm. Did Brett walk in and say, like you said, I don't know what they would have done if they didn't sign Tobias Harris. Would they have signed one player, two players? Like, you know, I don't know who the guy was. There's a lot of... of Fish in the pond. They looked at Brogdon, but there was some there was some problem there. And I don't know if Brogdon and Tobias are really the same player. Maybe they are. But again, if I'm playing with a center Embiid, who I put it this way: for as much as the Sixers invested in the process and in salary this year and everything, you shouldn't be competing with the Indiana Pacers. You just shouldn't. Well, yeah, but last year they, like I said, you, you. got to look at everything they, they had a four bounce thing that maybe they win that game i'm not saying they would have beat the box maybe they wouldn't have but but they 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 you know they would have been in the eastern conference finals perhaps if they'd won for everything they've done you have to get out of the second round and right now they're stuck in they're stuck in quicksand but, but again you're going to have people are going to sit there right. and say yeah this guy was injured this guy okay. was injured I, yeah i get it i think the fundamental flaw is you have Simmons on your team. Uh-huh. You have a guy who you know is not shooting the ball. Uh-huh. You have to have shooters on the court. They had one. Yeah, He was older. He didn't play a lot of defense, but you had one. You Jimmy Butler was a guy who said, give me the ball. I'm going to shoot. And we thought, I thought we were well, getting more than we were with Tobias and Jimmy Harris. Was, and look, Jimmy was a pain in the ass. There's no doubt Absolutely. in my mind that Jimmy's a pain in the ass. And so I think maybe maybe part of what's going on in Milwaukee or in Miami right now is the rest of his teammates realize that Jimmy's a pain. Who in the knows? Ass. But I, I will guarantee you that Jimmy and, but, and Jimmy and the point guard didn't. Some, but some of the crap that's happened here this year doesn't happen with Jimmy Butler, does it? Probably not. I, I agree. But, but, but don't you think we should be getting more for Tobias Harris? Yeah, I was led to believe he made the All Star team right two years ago, right with the Clippers. Okay, Tobias Harris is a wealthier Clarence Weatherspoon. God, there. I, I said it. I just think if you're, and maybe you got the money. Maybe that was the problem. Decent player, not Well, enough. he was a decent player on a not good team. Uh, right? Not a good team. 
Right. Now he's supposed to be the third best player on a team that has championship aspirations. And when your first guy, when one of your first two guys goes down, and then the second guy goes, you have to say, what would mm-hmm. you, what would, if, if that situation last night, if Jimmy Butler were here, he would have scored 35. Mm-hmm. They might have lost the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, yeah, I, but he would have said, but Jimmy, then Jimmy's the one who probably would step up and say, you know what, we played like blank. He, but he could. He could. I'd be okay with that. When Josh Richardson's the one who says it, it's tougher to take. And maybe Josh is just trying to. Uh, he's trying to avoid. He's trying, but yeah. I well, I give the guy. I, I do. I, I do, and I don't. For, you're yeah, not. You, you you're don't right. have the gravitas to you're do right. it. But what if nobody says it? Well, that's a that's another problem. Maybe the coach should have said that. Yeah, when the coach says you also had a C minus defensive effort last night when you lose to the uh, to the. Cleveland Cavaliers. It was a D minus. It was an, it was an F. It was plus. an F plus. But maybe anyway. the coach needs to come out and say, "See, I think he's grading things on a curve." I think, and I'm not in the locker room. John is. I'm, but he sort of. I just think whatever Brett is selling, I just don't think it's it's enough of it's getting through. I really don't. And um and he ain't, look, I thought he had a good playoff series last year against I Toronto he did too. Um, but. I don't All right. know. God, it, it's just, let's go, Phil. No, let's, no. let's go Flyers. Well, let's go Eagles here at this point. And, uh, well, the, well, no, the Flyers well, are the team that we should at least get a little excited about. I mean, would we thought would we have thought four months ago, two months ago, we'd be having a conversation which team would go further in the playoffs? And, and, the, and the Flyers haven't made the playoffs yet. I mean, let, let's. Yeah, Flyers are in a much more competitive They could race. lose in the first round if they get in. But. You know, who knows? But, you know, right now you have no reason to be optimistic about the Sixers. And it's, don't you t- know. Don't say that on, on, on 97.5 between 10 and 2. No, actually, Anthony was Anthony was in a very, um, what's the right word? Subdued? No, nah, he, he was angry. He, he was, part of him was angry. Part of him was frustrated. Part of him was, he was going in a lot of different directions, but none of them were positive for oh. the most part. So let's talk Flyers. We could have talked Eagles. And, you know, I'll sum up the Jason Peters thing on one word. Really? Um, that's my own opinion. You drafted Andre Dillard. Why didn't you keep him or why not give him the reins and see what happens? But no. But anyway. Because you know why? He, he's like their um, uh, comfort blanket. Yeah. Security. No, really. They, I, I, mean, I get there, it. They've had him there for a decade. Um, and they probably say, man, you know what? It's nice when 71's out there. <laughs> Who are they going to draft in the first round? I don't have the faintest clue, but I'm going to guarantee you. You're going to watch the combine this not, weekend? No. no. Screw the combine. If <laughs> Really? I'm going to watch a combine to see. Did I watch Tom Brady's combine? Did you see that? that yeah, the highlights saw, were hilarious. Um, whoever the Eagles draft mm-hmm. in the first round, I'm assuming it's going to be a wideout, yeah. will not contribute much next year. How about that prediction? On February the 27th. He'll contribute. Yeah. He'll play, mm-hmm. but he won't look like some of these rookies we saw running around for other teams this year. Agree. All right, let's get to the Flyers. Flyers are third in the Metropolitan right now. Uh, they've won four in a row. Pittsburgh uh, does have two games at hand, I believe. One. I can't, it's one now? One, and they're a point ahead. Uh, wow. Washington has gotten a little bit of momentum back. So the two teams in the other in division, Tampa Bay right. and Boston, Pit- are ahead Tampa, Tampa is at 90 points. Uh, I'm sorry. Boston's at 90. Tampa's at 85. Okay. Washington is 84. Penguins are 80. The Flyers are 79. 
Think about that. Again, uh, but again, let me let me rephrase for people who don't know the playoff system. Top three like in the Atlantic and the Metropolitan, both all, top three are locked in to make the playoffs. So the Flyers are third in the division. They are locked in. There's also then two wild card teams. Um, the Islanders right now would be the first wild card. They would play ball. Uh, they would play the Capitals. And the Blue Jackets are the second wild card, and they would play the Bruins. Flyers only have a three point lead on them, and if you want to look at yeah, it, it's a five them. point. It's a five point lead. Who on would they Carolina. play right now? Are you good enough at this to tell me who they would play? They would play Pittsburgh. Okay. And if they were two, two and three, do they reshuffle in the NFL? No, no. They what they do is they do it by divisions. Okay. Uh, two and three play each other. One in the wild card play so each Washington other. Washington would play a wild card. Right. So, and whoever wins the Flyers-Penguin game would, or series would so end up Penguins playing Washington. So, the Washington can never meet in an Eastern Conference final. No, it's they have to meet in the division okay. final I got first. You. Okay. Um, Could have, I mean. Unless one of them was a wild card. And I mean, I mean look, the, the, the Flyers, the way they're playing right now, I wouldn't sit here and say they couldn't beat. 7-3-0 in their last 10, by the way. Yeah, and I wouldn't sit here and say they couldn't beat Pittsburgh because I don't think Pittsburgh is the Pittsburgh we kind of remember. But they wouldn't be the favorite um, unless maybe they get up to two and get the home ice advantage. Um, but I think if this continues, if they play mm-hmm. at a fairly good level the rest of the way and make the playoffs, they really need to win a playoff series. Because if they just get to the playoffs and lose... Mm-hmm. I don't think pe- people would kind of go, because eh. um, people are starting to talk now like, hey, you know. I, but I, I think it's different because I think just the progress of making the playoffs. This I year agree with you. But the, helps but the fan yeah, base. If you really need it, if you want to do the paddles to the, the fan franchise. base now is like they're, they're not. Reality, they, they lose all sense of reality. It's look at, I'm telling you, you hear, and once again, it's talk radio, so I'm not, whatever, you take it for what it's worth. But it's like, and even some of the hosts. They can make a run. I'm getting okay, fine. Well, they have the goaltender. But that, when you that insinuate people... what but they're playing well. Aside from the goaltender, they're playing well. Mm-hmm. But when you insinuate insinuate that a team is capable of making a run, if they lose in the first round of the playoffs, you know, you sit there and go, okay. This yeah. is different though than some of the other runs. One, because the Flyers for the the vast majority of the decade were playing in the seven, eight, or Wild card, still however you want Pittsburgh. Well, yeah, well, but they to Philadelphia fans, we were still playing Pittsburgh and Washington. Well, but they weren't in the upper echelon in the last decade. I'm even when you. they went to the finals in ten, people forget they were the seven seed coming out of the East. Well, they could be the six seed this year, right? So but, how much difference is that? But but the, but the difference is they were 15, 20 points uh, 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 behind I, those other teams. Totally now it's a five point difference, and you I'm think that tell it's you right subtle. Now. If they play Pittsburgh in the first round, if that's the way it works out, which probably won't, but if it does, and they lose the series, and it doesn't go seven, if it's like a five or six game series, it's I not will guarantee matter. you I people will sit there and go, Jesus, God, we got all excited for that. And that's exactly the, the I'm just telling you. It's because fans always want to put everything before it happens. Like, let's just win a playoff series. That's all I want to do. I just want to win a playoff series, and then I'll worry about whatever happens after that. We should point out, um, I mean, look, hell of a year so far for Konechny with 22 goals. But they've goals. got a couple guys who've had are having really good years. Sean Couturier has been incredible as far as some of his advanced metrics. I was just listening to the coach. Kevin on, Hayes at 21 goals. The coach on the radio said that they're number one in the NHL in shots allowed. Yes, no, shots taken. Oh, oh, he made it. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Okay, I no. thought it was the other way. But that's when you're leading the league in something. Yeah, because isn't that what they always said about the Flyers? They don't score enough in the last month. They're the highest scoring team in the NFL and yeah, NHL. NHL. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. Okay, because when you have a goalie, if you can put some, you know, get some goals, you got a shot. And I think the other trend you watch for here is how does the rest of the sport look at them? And, and not that, you know, look, there's an upper echelon here. And the upper echelon is Boston, T- Tampa, Washington, and Pittsburgh. And even St. Louis, if you want to throw in the West. The West, by the way, the Flyers right now will be leading the Pacific Division. Well, so it's just, the West was the good division. I mean, the good conference. And now it's things. I mean, they're on 103-point pace. They're, they're When was the last time they got over 100? I'll bet you it's been a while. It's probably been a while. I mean, they didn't have 110. No. no. So it's probably been at least. And uh, it's tough because of the points are. Uh, sure, sure. With right. the, with the no, overtime right. losses right. and you're all right. that. You're but right. I mean, you know, they're at a point. I, right now. I think the rest of the NHL views them as a dangerous team. Like the team that we don't want to play. Kind of. Well, and the other part is, let's say it's Pittsburgh, Philly in the first round. Okay. Even if it's Washington, Philly in the first round. Mm-hmm. The Flyers' style is physical enough that whoever, let's say even if the Flyers lose, teams want no parts of that because it's going to take a toll for you on the rest of the tournament. You know, and if you're watching in Pittsburgh and you believe you have enough to win the Cup right now, I'm not sure the Flyers are at that point, but I think there's enough of a belief in it that, you know what, we're going to get the crap kicked out of us physically. You, well, you can win, but it, there's a toll that's taken. But you look at all the, the, the like four that. teams ahead of them, and I don't know if there's a fifth team ahead of them, but the four teams ahead of them all, have all won cups. Boston won a cup like five or six years ago. Eight. It's been that long. Yeah. Okay, my bad. Twelve. Or 12 the Caps or won one two years ago. Um, Pittsburgh's won a couple. Uh, Tampa had the best record in the league last year, and then, you know, it got swept by got Columbus. Got swept by Columbus. Um, so there was by that, the way, if, if I was a team... Like of those four, I'd I'd want to play the Penguins. I I mean they play well. Tampa plays a different level. Boston's a different level, and and Washington still has Ovechkin, and they still like. But they've beaten both. I mean, they beat Washington twice recently. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, I agree with you. I I think the Pittsburgh, and I think for the NHL, Pittsburgh Flyers series with a Flyers team that's oh, really you might as well good. just book that on NBC. Yeah, every day. I mean that's good. And and then if if got and whoever wins that, mm-hmm. if Washington were to win theirs, but I I think the team that I would look for is Tampa because I think sometimes a year after that crap happens to you, um, not saying they're going to win the whole thing or whatever, but like you said, all you basically have to do is get to the final, right? Because I mean I don't know if the Blues are going to make it. And there's really not like many other teams. Yeah, I guess West. maybe. Yeah, I mean it could be, but none of those teams like none of the teams. Wow, I'm yeah. guessing whoever comes out of the East, unless I mean, it's the Blues, is going to be favored in the final. They might be favored anyway. And even the Blues now, without you know Bo Meester, obviously with the heart right. condition, it's not going to play the rest of the year. Bennington was such an unknown coming into the playoffs. When last was the year? last time somebody won back to back cups? Um, Early two thousands. It's been a while, right? Did the Pittsburghs win back-to-back? Yeah, Pittsburgh. So that would have been like five years ago, four or five years ago? No. But before that, I think it was the, the Red Wings. Well, the, the, the Wings, Red Wings won back it. back in the 97-98, right? Uh, when they they the actually, Flyers. I think, did it another time, too. Okay. 
Um, but it doesn't happen a lot. Like, wow. if the Blues were to win this year, it really cements you. It's like if the Seahawks had won that Super Bowl that they blew against the Patriots. You win back-to-backs, it puts you in a different level. Um, but they didn't because... Peng- Bevel- Penguins won 16-17. and 17. Okay. And then before that was the Red Wings, right? Back in the day? 97, 98? 97, 98. Good yeah. memory there, Kern. Well, I, I know the Devils won, but they never won back-to-backs. No. Um, but the Penguins won back-to-backs under Mike Sullivan, 16 and 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blackhawks have always had like a separator. Blackhawks and Kings yeah. traded for yeah. like a span of four years. But two and two years, is, it's, it's, it's... Bruins won in 11, by the way. Right. It's, been it's when they beat Vancouver, wow. and then they lost so to... That was the year after they lost to the Flyers. Yep. When they blew the 3-0 lead. Okay. Interesting. Uh, All I'm saying about, I I just wish people, because I've seen this with the Sixers, I've seen it with the Eagles now, I saw it with the Phillies last spring. Everybody's just got to calm down a little. Be excited. Be optimistic. But just realize that while it could happen, while anything is possible, you know, the chances are not this year. Here's the one thing I will say. The head coach is really good. Well, he's taking two teams to the finals. I get it. That's and, why they, you know. And, you know, he went to a game seven of the finals with Vancouver. Right. That 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 Ranger team was kind of an overachiever in a lot of ways. And he makes the playoffs with his new team the first year every year, mm-hmm. which is why I thought they'd be in the playoffs. But I, I didn't know they'd be maybe this competitive. And there's, a, and there's a lot of, unlike other years, like 2010 was a bit of a mirage. Um, a bit? Well, I mean, but like... You have Richards and you had Carter, but I think everybody who was around it kind of knew that wasn't going to last a long time uh, because, you know, there was different reasons. Yeah, well, there's a different – they're building – they got a young team. They're a little bit like – They didn't have the goaltender. They yeah. yeah. I mean, if you would think that they should be a decent team for three or four years or, you know, in the with, as long as the coach stays there and you got the goalie, yeah, I mean, you know um, – But the, the farm system's better. It gives them an opportunity to go get – draft picks or uh, use draft picks use some of their farm system if they want to go supplement yeah, in other interesting areas. is Giroux is not really like their best player anymore and that's there's nothing that's wrong with inter- that. that's going to be an interesting debate as they move forward here like well at some point you you know i mean you know if he's going to be your second or third line center and you know you're willing to pay him or mm-hmm. whatever i mean i don't know maybe he wants to finish his career here i don't know he's not many guys play their whole career with a team um. Yeah, I mean, but nobody's busting on him anymore. Like, why aren't you leading us to the playoffs? And I think that's kind of neat for him. He probably feels a lot less pressure. The um, when we uh, you know, and, and obviously you know, it's good to have somebody that if you had told me, if you had told me back in October we would be having a legitimate debate about who goes further in the playoffs, I would have said you were crazy. Yeah, you and every other person in Philadelphia, except the, the you know the thirty people who bleed flyers, you know flyers regardless of what happens. Mm-hmm. Right, that's it. That, but but sports are strange that way. Yeah, that's why every time we think we have it figured out, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. No, no, it doesn't. Sometimes we're right. Sometimes it happens. I mean, look at look at the Super Bowl. The 49ers won the first fifty minutes mm-hmm. exactly how they wanted to. Yeah, eh, wasn't enough. 
Because the Kansas City's won the last 10, 10 minutes and I mean, overwhelmingly. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's that, that's why sports fascinate us. Because you tune in to see, I mean, let, let, go back to last May, early last May. We all thought the Phillies were going to make the playoffs. They were in first place. Yeah. We figured, hey, you know, worst comes to worst, they'll make it as a wild card. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all of a sudden the Nats and Braves start winning, you know, doing what they do and the Phillies couldn't pitch and, you know, it's... Right. I mean, we forget this, but the Eagles won a Super Bowl with their backup quarterback out playing Tom Brady. Oh, really? And we just take it like, we don't look at that. The rest of the world <laughs> looks at it like, wait a minute, you had Nick Foles and you went to the Super Bowl and the Patriots scored 30-some points and were beating you in the fourth quarter and you won the game. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, yeah, well, you know, we will realize down the road, if God forbid the Eagles don't win another Super Bowl for a while, we will sit there and go, my God, how that happened. But instead, we as Philadelphians go, we're going to win the next year because we got a better team. <laughs> now, calm down, people. Calm down. They, and that team, think of all the players they lost during that season. Yeah. But they had whatever that it was. And I don't know what it is because if you could bottle it, you'd be a trillionaire. They had it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was Foles. I don't know if it was uh, the, the center, uh, the, you know, who was who were the guys that were getting them in the locker? Doug? Yeah. Doug had to have something to do with it. Um, um all right, so next week uh I will be in Clearwater and we are planning I am taking the equipment and uh we're planning a show, I believe, on Tuesday. I think personally you're nuts, but that's okay. It's not that much to carry. It's it's stuff to carry. You're going to Florida. You're gonna be in the sun, but you do what you want. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you is you're going to Florida. People will be okay if you just enjoy Florida. Then maybe we get there and maybe I decide to do that. But I wouldn't take it. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't lug it down. I would pack more suntan lotion. Oh, I got plenty. And more whatever. I would just leave my bags uncluttered for whatever you might be bringing back. But But that's, I'm good either. Excuse me. I'm good either way. Uh, hoping to get a couple uh, guests uh, of our buddies down in Clearwater since there is an off day next week. Um, hope, hoping I can get them to get Joe Girardi. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> well, is there anybody else like that's on like that you know, like that would be on the periphery that that, that wouldn't be as far fetched? I'm just curious. Hey, by the way. Your former the, the um, guy, I, 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 a couple of broadcasters I know. Yeah, but it's their off day. They, you know, they, you should leave them. That's another reason why you should. It's their off day. Yeah. Let them enjoy their off day. I was thinking this when the Astros were having all these PR problems, mm-hmm. just getting killed. The Phillies guys, the guy down there now, right? Diaz? Is Gene, Gene Diaz. Gene They, I mean, they got, like, I wonder if Gene had any say in that. I, don't think he did. You think so? You think the owner just I think just controlled a, everything? I think they probably went to an outside firm. Who, oh, that I don't know that yeah, for yeah, a yeah. fact. But the, I know Gene, you didn't. Did you see the thing where Gene was standing there? Did you see yeah. that? He looked petrified. Lo- yes, yes. But you know him, like and I, and I, I, mean, I, I love Gene, and I think Gene's yeah. one of the nicest people in the game. And look, they've they always a, treated me nice when I. They, they've had a series of, of missteps, but I don't. I believe that's more an organizational issue than. But he he winds up though, taking probably unfairly, 
some of the flat because when national people just say, well, you know, the Astros mishandled well, and then it. They, yeah, people and they say, well, who's PR your PR stuff. guy exactly? And, and, and to be honest, like you know, when you hear people complain about any PR staff, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know what goes on behind the sure. scenes with the PR staff. Players, players who could be pains in the asses, management types who want right. to control everything. So that's why I kind of oh, give a lot of the PR staffs a, a, a bit of a break. Now, well, there, when, are there when people the same, who are when jerks? The same thing was happening. I mean, the first thing I thought was that can't be Marie. That can't be Marie. And Marie Wozniak, who was the, yeah. Yeah, and she got caught in the middle. But here's what I never understand about it. And you, you covered the Phillies for a long time. So you, you know, and I covered teams. But, I mean, if you have a PR guy in place, obviously you think he's good because mm-hmm. she's good. Right. Because you wouldn't have him. If something like this happens... You want Don't to make you, sure you're getting Nate. But when you go to Gene and just say, Gene, and I know you're the owner, you're worth of, you know, whatever you're worth. But when you say, how do you think? And again, I haven't talked to Gene. So right. I'm, I know I'm, you, I'm, I think you're right, though. I think Gene probably had zero to do with it. I will say that I think sometimes PR people are sometimes pigeonholed as they can control the controllables no, within no, a locker right, no, room. You're right. You're right. No. And you're then when you right. get to something that's more real life, you're right. You know, and, and I'll give I'll give the Phillies credit on this, and, and you know I give the Phillies credit on a lot of things. Bonnie Clark handles a lot of their stuff that is the overriding organizational PR, not the day to day baseball. Right. That that's that that's Chris Ware. The bigger that's, picture. That's Greg Castriata. That's Chris Ware. That right. that's Kenny Kenny Ayers. Bonnie, when, I'll give you a perfect example. When when the Pete Rose stuff came out a couple of years ago, and they were ready to honor Pete by reti- uh, by putting him on the Wall of Fame. And then he got goofy. And then the, and the revelations came out right. about him with underage girls and everything. Right. Bonnie was right on top of it. Mm-hmm. Press release. And, and, and the Phillies diffused that pretty well mm-hmm. of we can't honor Pete in this right. environment. You know, It's an option for later down the road. Right. But we're going to kind of let things settle down, and, and they they made it, they framed it as in consultation with Pete. Okay, I, now I I think that's the way you really have to handle something like that. But Bonnie, Bonnie has that kind of background where crisis management, if you will. Yeah. I just have a hard time, and I get it, the Astros, and zone. they haven't, and and in fairness. It hasn't always worked out for them that way. But yeah, the Brett never, Myers it, thing and the it Brett never Myers always thing works out. Right. The Brett Myers thing in Boston a decade ago. Right. The the club put him out there right away and there were some unfortunate comments from uh, uh Pat Gillick and a couple mm. other people involved in it. I have a pretty good belief that the Astros owner is going to do whatever the hell the Astros oh, owner wants that's, because that's a given. But it's some point, John John Heyman said that again today, by the way. But, but at some point, I just can't believe when something like this happens. And you're going to get up and speak now for the first time mm-hmm. that you couldn't say to somebody, like, if I say this, how's it going to sound? Like, how am I going to look? Because anybody that read that speech, what he was going to say, was said, you're going, to, you, look, you're going and, to look bad. And you had a whole month to get whole month. ready. And even with the players, what they said, you said, guys, you're going to look bad. You can't say, I think it was Correa, like the right. next day, said, yeah, we cheated. But we want it fair and square. square. Well, no, you didn't. You cheated. Fair and square implies no. that you didn't. And they just, they, it's like they have no concept of how their words are coming out. And I understand. We, we all say stuff sometimes and we're like, I said that? Mm-hmm. Like, really? I could have done a better job. But in something this huge, and like you said, they had a month 
I mean, it wasn't like somebody ran up and put a microphone in their face 30 seconds after. It was a month from the report to the time. And the Red Sox thing's going to be coming down soon, too, I'm assuming. It was supposed to come out this week. Right. Well, I'm sure one of the reasons is because major. But they saw what happened with the Astros. But baseball, uh, the Astros bundled it, bungled it. Major League Baseball has bungled it. Major League Baseball's. uh, The commissioner's office has had an awful offseason. Well, there there are. in all fairness, though, you're dealing with a players' association, the strongest players' association. It's not just this in the world, but that's part of it. It's part of it, yeah. But but the playoff format uh, rollout and everything that that's, that's all they had to do. All they had to do, and it's come out now, was just either um, censured. You said, look, they won. The, we can't take the trophy or the ring away from them, mm-hmm. but but we we're going to make it known that they, they were did something wrong. They did something wrong, and then let people. You know, choose, and that would have been, which me, is what they tried to do, but it, it, they handled yeah, it. Well, they it just didn't. But what the Astros basically had to say, they had to be more contrite than they were. They had to be more like we cheated, we're sorry, but not like throw it in your face. And they did, which is and, and it, there's no asterisk next to their thing, but there is because the whole world feels that way, except the people in Houston. And I thought of this too. We, we talked about what would have happened had the Phillies been the team caught cheating. What if the Phillies had been the Dodgers? What if the Phillies had played the Astros yeah, and know. lost? Could you imagine this city? Yeah. We'd have people suing for, for like, give us the title. <laughs> I mean, well, you, had, you had the worthless LA City Council resolution. Well, do you think the, the Red Sox, or do you think Major League Baseball is going to come out basically with the same thing and say the Red Sox cheated? I think it'll be less. Well, how do you cheat less? I mean, like, I'm just curious. It's not as much an institutional issue. Oh, you mean they'll they'll just say it was the manager? I think they're going to say the manager was already part of, or manager was already disciplined. So he took it to, so what they're going to say is the manager took it from Houston to, to Boston. Yeah. And nobody else, like the general manager, didn't know that. Yeah. I find that hard. See, I find that hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that if you're in, you're around a major league team for 162 games, pretty much, and something's going on, Mm -hmm. that you don't at least, you may not know every little detail, but it just boggles my mind that that you would be oblivious. That's me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm naive. I don't know. But I got to believe if I was around the uh, Astros that year, I would have I'm going to change this for a second. Sure. And this gets to something that John Johnson was talking about. This is from Serena Winners. Sixer spokesman says Joel Embiid's evaluation left shoulder sprain is still ongoing. Spokesman also says the initial testing Joel had last night did not show a fracture. I thought it was a sprain. Fracture is a lot worse than a sprain. No. They're saying it's a sprain. Right, that the initial testing last night they must have done to see if there was a fracture. Okay, the testing last night said no on a fracture. So the worst it is is a, is a, is a sprain or something of that ilk. Apparently, I I don't expect him. I I I think he's not going to make the West Coast trip. No. So, but they I don't think they were going to win a lot. Like you said, I mean maybe the Sacramento game they win. Who knows? I mean. Look, you're or Golden gonna, State. You're going to know those two, right? You're going to know everything. If they lose to the Knicks tonight at home, and the Knicks have played them fairly tough this year, but this is a Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Josh game. You got to come out and say we're not losing at home. 
We're 27 and 2 at home. I have a repeat from Johnson here. This is his latest tweet. Update within the next 24 hours. Yeah, that probably means tomorrow. Tomorrow, which yeah. means nothing else will come on this evening. And I don't know what that means is taking longer. I, I'm not, a, you know, not a doc. Um, Before we go, th- th- this is a case of real world meshing with um the the games we played. Uh there's a report this morning that the Japanese baseball league has, uh, because of the coronavirus, um, decided to basically have games, but have it without uh, fans on the stands through their version of their grapefruit league or their cactus league, uh, and may postpone the start of their regular season. And now, obviously, this is on the heels of what was said by my favorite name in sports, Dick Pound of the IOC. Um, who has hinted that the Tokyo Olympics, which is scheduled for July 23rd, I think, or somewhere in there, um, has about three months, in other words, for this all to get uh, worked out before um, the Olympics are uh, could be postponed Kevin, or a decision would have to Anything be that has to do with something like this coronavirus... Everything else isn't as important. No. I don't give a sh- give give a crap. You can say it. Well, I don't, I don't give a crap if the Japanese play play baseball this year, just as if this were in America, and hitting us like 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 Italy right now. It yeah, you know, you're going to see soccer matches get, get canceled. You're going to see because we don't know how serious this is. We don't know how widespread this is going to be. We don't know a lot of things about this. If you were an Olympic athlete. Would you well, want to go gonna, to Japan? That was going to be my my question to you. At at this point, I don't know. Some would. Some would probably say, "I've worked my whole life for this, and I want to go." And I look. We know there has been instances in other Olympics where there has been debates about different security or health reasons. In Beijing, it was the smog, and LA was the smog. And well, Brazil, they had all kinds. Brazil, of, they had the. It's the, not the, like you can move the Olympics back to Brazil. No, because Brazil now has Sydney. Corona. You may have Sydney. Yeah, but that was 20 years ago. I don't even know if those facilities... Well, they still are. I mean, hell, you could move it to the U.S. probably and figure out Los Angeles, I'm guessing, would, could probably host it. Um, but, I mean, you know, you look at it. And, and, I don't know if you can do it in that short of a if time you wanna, If you want to go to the Winter Olympics, there was the the the, the uh, Soviet or the Russian uh, at Sochi. There was a battle. I think Crimea was close by. There was Pyongyang, which had, obviously, the North Korean tension at that point. Um, I'm telling you, when they had, when the um, 9-11 happened, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget this, the Ryder Cup was going to be like like three or four weeks later. They postponed it for a year. And I said to somebody, I said, they're not going to postpone the Ryder Cup. I, I really meant it because I'm thinking like, okay, it's three weeks out, four weeks out, whatever it was out. Three weeks, I think it was. And it's in, it's in it, it was over in Great Britain, wherever they were having it in Great Britain. I think it was in Great Britain. Yeah, it yeah, was. It was at that time. And they did. Mm-hmm. And I said, my God, maybe I'm not looking at things properly because I just assumed the world would sort of go on because I remember they canceled football games the next Saturday, college football games. I'm thinking like, wow. And that's when it kind of hit me. Like, I mean, I realized the cancel an Olympics is a monumental move. Especially with as much infrastructure that had to get built. and Everything. Athletes putting their whole, how many athletes go in there thinking they maybe could win a medal or just compete or just do whatever. Uh, but if if this thing really starts spreading and, 
do, do you really want to take that risk with that many people coming together in one well, and, thing? I mean, geez. and that's the thing. I mean, it's, you know, and I don't know if you're the IOC, if you have to wait all the way until May. Well, I think they're just saying that. I agree with you, but I don't think they want to cancel it in March. And, and I think, then by the time like June rolls around, maybe it's not as bad anymore. And I think the IOC is also worried. And, and, and this is the other part of this. The IOC's had trouble finding cities that want to host. Sure. This. I mean, look, LA and uh, Paris in four years, LA in eight years, that's set. And London wanted it too. And, yeah. But it, the, the infrastructure and the amount, and I think there's been more you of lose a... lose money. Right. And and the days of the Peter Uberoff Olympics are over, where everything's paid for it, because they want to walk this line of making money for the IOC, but not helping out these host cities. If you say to Tokyo, eh, sorry, can't help you. Well, how about this? Would this be such... What if you said, we're going to move it back a year? Or two. I mean, technically, they used to have the Olympics in the same, same year. year as the Winter Olympics. Would yeah. it be such a horrible thing if you said we're going to move it back a year for the sake of the coronavirus? So, you know, we're going to do what we do. We're just going to push it back a year. You go to NBC or who's ever telecasting it. You explain this yeah, is why like, we have to do this. I mean, you don't have to cancel it. You can postpone it for a year or two. You could have two Olympics in 2022. I mean, there's no rule that says you can And they're can't. both in Asia. I mean, because, well, and that's the other part. It's strange because the 2022 Winter Olympics is going to be in Beijing. Well, I mean, they're already talking about things like going over there now, like in China, like things that are getting postponed or getting, you know, what, what if you play basketball over there? You know, what if you signed to play in the Chinese basketball league? Do you want to go over? I mean, I, I think at some point, as much as we revere sports, at some point, you just got to say, whoa, hear me. I mean, what if they have the Olympics this year and, God forbid, 50 people get infected? What are you going to tell those 50 people? Yeah, I, hey, you know, it was, it, yeah, we had to go on. I mean, would it be such a, a horrible thing to say we're just going to push this back a year or two years? I don't know. I realize it changes a lot of people's whatever, but you want people dying? Yeah, that's... And how about the people that go over to Japan if somebody got it and then took it back? To wherever they came from, somehow, some way, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, this like, is all new to me. I get you can't live your life in fear, but there's also a point where you have to live your life in caution, in common sense. I mean, this thing is seems pretty serious. Yeah. Until they figure it out or figure, you know, and to me, anything you do to not take it serious mm-hmm. is being a little stupid. But like I said, I don't have billions of dollars invested in this. I don't have, you know, I'm not the network that's going to telecast it. I'm, I'm not so. Yeah, but if you're NBC, honestly, if they come up to you and said, all right, we're pushing back to 2021 or 2022. Right. But you got to figure out what you're going to do with those 100 hours of broadcasting this year. I mean, what are we going to do? Put on XFL 2? I mean, there, there are factors involved. You've, you've sold airtime. You've sold... Whatever you've hired staff, exactly. You you have plans. You have mm-hmm. you have airplane tickets. You have this. You have that. I mean, what if you were an athlete? You're a 20 year old, 18 year old. I don't know. Hey, whatever. I'm trying to think of the sports crazy. If you're a gymnast, you could be, you know, 13. Um, but you've trained all your life and you've geared for this year. 
because this is and it's one of those sports where maybe you only get the one shot, and not one of those sports where maybe you it's get not a track one. or yeah. yeah I mean, gymnastics. I'm thinking gymnastics because a lot of times they're. I mean, what are you thinking? Do you, do you think a person would say, "Oh hell, I want to go. Yeah. I'll take my chance." And it's interesting because you know you talk about how there's ans- you know we talk about the ancillary impact. Okay, you and I have both done PEM relays in Olympic years, Absolutely. and the difference between an Olympic year and a non-Olympic year for an air- event like the PEM relays is enormous because of the fact and beyond just the the normal gathering. When you had the USA in the world stuff, it's a bigger draw. You get more foreign competition, primarily Jamaica. Um, well, let's put it this way. Let's say this was a World Cup year. Mm-hmm. World Cup's pretty big. Oh, that's the other part they would be going up what against. If the, what if it was in Italy? What if, what if it was in Italy? What if the World Cup yeah. was in Italy? And it was starting. Really? Like, and I realize the World Cup is the biggest thing to more people to care about the Super Bowl. What would you do? That's a good question. You're bringing in, you know, now they're expanding this. So I think it's like 32 teams now or whatever. It's funny you mentioned the World Cup because if they did move the Olympics back to 22, mm-hmm. okay, normally the World Cup would be in that window. Yeah, you're right. But the World Cup, because it's in Qatar. It's in November. Is in November, uh, right around Christmas. Yeah. So. I, Kevin, these are these, these It are makes a that, lot of sense if it happens this way and yeah, i mean it would be almost like saying what if there was an earthquake in japan tomorrow and and all of a sudden some of the venues that were supposed to host it you know could i don't know what i mean i guess you could always come up with contingency venues mm-hmm. but it is, is olympics really that important that you're but then some people say well that's cathartic for the you know for the, the right. communities and I don't know. I mean, and we as Americans, or not just Americans, but anyway, we don't care until it hits us. No. Yeah. So if something's over uh, on maybe, the other side of the may world. It may be knocking on the door now, but. Well, yeah. Well, the president tells me not to worry. No. He says it's all under control. All right. So next week. Uh, we, we, don't may, we don't know. We don't know. If you don't hear from us next week, it's because Kevin's having a really good time in Clearwater. Or Kevin decided, yeah, maybe I don't want to take the equipment. I'll put a tweet out that'll outline what we. I'm do. just telling you, my two cents worth is, you. If if it was a mere question of you taking your cell phone and calling me, yeah. that's one thing. You don't need to be worried about this. That's all I'm saying right. is we'll survive. It's a carrying case. We'll survive. Okay. You're taking the train. You don't need to be. You know. Yeah, I am taking the train. You know, it's not like you're throwing it in the trunk of your car. That's 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 a little different. You know, you're taking your car. You throw it in the trunk of your car. Phew, you're gone. That's just my two cents worth. Um, and then you give us a report when you the, the week after that when the Sixers have won four in a row in LA. You give us a report from Clearwater. So yeah, I want the best meals. Oh, absolutely. I want the best beaches. Well, oh, I go to okay. one beach. Um, what else is the best of? Best place to. I've never been to that stadium. So that's that's like new. I'm actually at the Tiki Bar. In left field is that where the Tiki Bar is left field? Okay. But We're I've going never, to one game and I'm going to the Tiki Bar. I've never been to the stadium. So it's awesome. Yeah, um, I'm sure it is. Do you will you go around to um any of the other venues? Like the Yankees are in Tampa. We right? are not. Like it, it, it's one of those things. Um Yankees feels nice, right? It's okay. Okay, just okay. okay. It's a little older. Really? Okay. Um I like Dunedin because of its proximity. Sarasota's pretty Where's nice. Dunedin at? Like right next to the Clearwater. It's a five minute drive. Oh, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Is that where the Reds are? No, that's where the Blue Jays are. Blue Jays. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, used to be in Orlando. What? Blue Jays used to have that. No, no. No. Who, who was the team that had the practice facility out of boardwalk and baseball? 
Kansas City. Kansas City. I'm the sorry. Orioles. Okay. That, I went there one Nobody time. Nobody in Orlando, I think, anymore. Yeah, I, we took our daughter there. She was about five years old. We went to... It was great. There's nobody in Orlando. You have um, the Braves just moved out of uh, Disney down to uh, Sarasota area. Um, I remember when the Braves were in Miami. The The Astros used to be in Kissimmee. Or, or the now, Orioles were in Miami. Yeah. The The Astros used to be in Kissimmee. They're now in West Palm Beach with the Nationals. Right. Um, so that, Why doesn't anybody like Central Florida anymore? It's just too hot. Lakeland is still there. Okay. Because at that time of year, you don't mind it. Being a, a little, I mean, it's not real hot down there. Traffic, traffic's bad. That that is traffic. I think in Orlando if you is... look at the if you look at the clusters, you got Fort Myers, you have the the Sarasota, mm-hmm. Clearwater, you know that kind of area. Right. Port Charlotte's another one. Okay, you remember when the Indians built that one down in um, Homestead? I drove, about, I drove past there about a year mm-hmm. after because there was also an Air Force base down there. Yep, that got wiped out. I don't even know. Is Homestead like if, if they ever like built yeah, that? Uh, no, no, they it's just they, like a yeah. That's a the, shame. The East Coast is kind of bare now. I mean, really, Port St. Lucie you have with the Mets. You got Jupiter for the, the Marlins. You had the West Palms for the Nationals and uh, Astros. And I'm trying to think. Cardinals, I guess, are are still in Jupiter too. Um, then the following week, when if we're not back next week, when we get back. To you know, Philadelphia. Have, you know, we Hold should on. Try going. I'm trying to explain. Go ahead. Will be the week of the conference championship game. So yep. I'm sure we're going to get a college basketball guest. We should get Mr. Lenardi on. That's, that's what I was going to say. We have to get But Joe you should on. get him early because his schedule gets his schedule. Maybe, maybe that Monday. Yeah, I come his back. His schedule gets really hectic. You, you, ha- you have his uh, contact? I used to, but I could probably get it from Girardi. Okay. If not, we'll get we'll get Dana or DJ on here and talk. Yeah, but Joe would be good. To, Joe would be good to have on. DJ might be good to have on after the selections come out. Like, you, you know. And I was actually thinking that. I was going to propose that to you. On the night of selection Sunday, um, maybe looking at the bracket and helping people pick their brackets. That's too early. You got to give me a day or so. Okay, maybe Monday. Then. Monday or Tuesday. You got to give me a couple days to think oh, about Tuesday it. Tuesday is the beginning of the tournament with the first oh, four. Oh, I don't care about the first four. <laughs> first four. I don't care unless LaSalle's playing in Dayton. If LaSalle's in Dayton, then maybe I'll care. What would they what would they do if Dayton ever was a team in the first four? It's a good question. I'm assuming Lenardi they would, would notice. I'm assuming they would try to avoid it. Because you can avoid it. Because you yeah. can put whatever games you As want. As an eleven out. seed somewhere else. Because I don't think it would be fair to ask a team to play although Villanova played Dayton there in nineteen eighty five. That was a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> no, but I I, That's when home sites were a little easier. Well, Villanova wore, wore white that day. They were the eight seed, and Dayton was the nine. Uh, I, I I just can't imagine. I can't picture a scenario where the NCAA would say, Dayton's got to be in Dayton. Mm-hmm. I, I it, it just, you know, doesn't make any sense because they usually have two bad games and two good games. Yeah. There's usually a 16 playing a, um, a one. And then two Not Dayton's. No, they don't say right, two sixteens and then two two sixteens, two sixteens, two elevens, right, right, right. Elevens and, or twelve. Yeah, and the two games are usually you know pretty decent. And if you're LaSalle, you win two more after that. I think wasn't uh, Shaka Shaka smart when he was VCU. Not only did he win that, they got to the Final Four that year. Yeah, yeah. Five games to get to the final. Now he can't win anything at Texas to save. He's going to be gone. I think isn't he? It's amazing. He was he was like the rising star. Yeah. Of college basketball. Eh. 
it's um it, it, you know it's a strange year in college basketball and i don't think any of us can look at, you and i have talked about this and say that's a team i love going into the tournament there's just not i think and villanova's won five straight mm-hmm. in case we've we've kind of and they're up to a three seed in joe's creighton is playing really well out of their league seton hall's pretty good you can make a case for almost any of those teams. To make, and Dayton is now becoming a popular, they could make a run kind of team, which scares me a little when, when everybody starts saying that. Right. But I still think the two best teams in the country are Kansas and Baylor. Maybe not by a lot, like like, but, I, I, but I've seen Kansas. Kansas hasn't won the title since 2008. No. They've lost early in time. But, but I think those two teams look to be the two betting favorites going into the tournament. And I guess right after that, you'd probably have... I mean, Gonzaga lost... They all, everybody lost this week. If Lenardi's seeds hold up, which they never always do... But, but, yeah, but he's probably fairly close at this point. Yeah, he's good with, again, as a three-seed, Nova and Maryland, perhaps as a Sweet 16 game, if it, if it played out that yeah, way. Yeah, Maryland is a two? Two. I'm In telling you what. I, Maryland, and Baylor is a one and Kentucky. Maryland trails by double digits every game. Baylor, they've, they've won a lot of games late. Who, who? What region would they be? That in? would be in the South. Who? Would be, who would the one be? Baylor. So they put Villanova in with Baylor. Baylor, Maryland, Villanova, Kentucky are the top four. I'm telling you, there's a team to watch. Kentucky's starting to play. Kentucky's starting good. to play good, and they're nobody's talking about them. They're kind of off the radar. Uh, they don't have a star like you would sit there and think of. You know, somebody who's going to be number one pick in the draft. That's that's a that's a pretty good regional. That is. Give me the regional. one to the fours and the other ones. All right, in the Midwest, Kansas won. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is in Indianapolis. Kansas won, Dayton two, mm-hmm. Louisville three, Auburn mm-hmm. four. That's not bad. Okay. That's not bad. In the West, Gonzaga. Right. Florida State two, mm-hmm. Creighton three, mm-hmm. Oregon four. I think that's definitely easier. I think it's way easier. Yeah, I mean, and I like Creighton, but that's easier. I'll tell you which one I would be wanting to be sent to right now. Ready? In the East, San Diego State. Right. Duke. Right. Vulnerable. Scene Hall. Right. Penn State. Yeah, but Duke may be vulnerable, but in those four teams? Duke is the better, best of the bunch. Well, Seton, where, where would that game be? Where Where's that regional? Where do they play at? Madison Square Garden. Well, Seton Hall, Madison Square Garden. That, that could be interesting. That could be an interesting Sweet 16 game. If it got to that point. Boy, and, and honestly, you would have to think that if Villanova somehow won the Big East over Seton Hall, they you might flip flop. You would flip flop it and put Nova in that. But I got to tell you, and something. I'll tell you, Al, that I would take Nova in that bracket right now. Lock, stock, and barrel. Well, they didn't beat Baylor the first time they played them. No, 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 no. In that bracket, if you flipped and you put Nova at Madison Square Garden in the East with San Diego State, Duke, and Penn State as your other. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But here's the problem. I, I don't think Here, they here's beat, the problem. I don't think they beat Baylor. I here's, agree here's with the you. Problem does Villanova? No, I think they could beat Baylor. I, I I think I think asking to beat Baylor in Houston. Yeah, but but it wouldn't. Yeah, but it wouldn't be. Here's the thing: Does Villanova get to the second weekend? Because they've only done it twice in the last eleven years. They won Let's just remember that. Who would they play in the second game? Who would their second game be? All right, if they were Seton right now, Hall. if they were Seton Hall, Ohio State, Northern Iowa. So they play Ohio State. Or yeah, okay. Well, they should beat Ohio State, but we've seen that game. Mm-hmm. We we've seen NC State, Wisconsin. If you keep the brackets the way they are now with Lenardi, Arizona versus East Tennessee State would be the okay. six eleven. Sean Miller, 
and Nova will play Colgate mm-hmm. in the first round. By the way, we, we should also check. Iowa is a six seed in the West. Yeah. I actually like I like I like the Hawks. But I'm gonna tell you something. If you put Duke in that foursome, mm-hmm. you're giving Duke a shot. I oh think, yeah, I think. I mean, I think because, like, if you're him, yeah, if you're Coach K, I'll take that easy. Uh, yeah, but don't underestimate Seton Hall, especially playing there. If they get to that point, you know, you got to get. Not all four of those teams are probably going to get to that point. No, I agree. Going to lose, but Seton Hall is pretty good. I'm not saying they're great. I don't think they're. I don't think there's a great. The closest thing, like I said, to a great team is Baylor and Kansas. That you know. And can't, but I'm telling you, watch out for the Kentuckys. By the, by the way, Kentuckys are kind of coming up there on the outside. You know how CBS and Turner, we I always say. Oh, I can never figure out what games are on which channels. No, 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 no. But you know how I always say they love having those second round storylines? Sure. That they, that they swear is purely They swear is purely coincidental. If Duke advances out, by the way, coincidentally out of Greensboro. Right. Uh, okay, but that's how, that's that's where how they it play. goes. Uh, they would play the winner of Cincinnati versus Marquette. Okay. So you would have Woj. Woj. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Long, I mean, long way to go, but yeah. I mean, this is the year where the Dukes, Kentuckys, Louisville. I think Louisville's a pretty good team. There's a lot of pretty good teams. Mm-hmm. If you take those top sixteen, I'll bet you fourteen of them or thirteen of them. You'd sit there and go, "Yeah, you know what? Nobody's going to give San Diego State any credit." No. Um. And a lot of people, I think, are going to bet against. And I, th- I think you're doing San Diego State a little bit of a disservice. And I, I understand because Gonzaga is a little bit higher, but you send them all the way across the country to be a one. I mean, that would be like sending Villanova to L.A. You know, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying Okay, is, all right, I'll play devil's advocate, though. Where are you going to send them? Well, yeah. Are you taking Kansas out of Indianapolis? No, 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 no. Gonzaga is a, higher, is a little bit higher than them right now. I, right. So they're, the, they're going to be the West. I understand that. Well, like you just, can't, but you couldn't shift it in. No, 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 no. They have to go there. Right. It's, it's not like anybody's penalizing them. It's just that in the overall outlook of life, where San Diego State might be a number one seed once in their life, that they're going to have to go to Madison Square Garden to play in the East Regional if they get that far. It's, who's the eight nine in the East? The eight nine in the East, St. Mary in Florida. Okay, maybe Florida takes San Diego State out, and that would be at Sacramento. By the way. Okay. I mean, look, San Diego State's going to end up in Sacramento. Gonzaga's going to be at Spokane. Unless, unless, no, here, here's the only way. I'm saying in the first half. Right, if San Diego State wins the rest of its games, wins its conference, and Gonzaga loses, mm-hmm. it, then I think San Diego State might be the one in the West. Gonzaga will be the one. Well, Gonzaga, Gonzaga will might be still the, play their first two games in Spokane. Yeah, and then maybe they'll be the team going to the Garden. Right. Uh, Baylor would go to Omaha, according to this. Yeah, that makes sense. Kansas would go to Omaha, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, Albany would be Villanova. And where's Kansas go after Omaha? Kansas would go to Indianapolis. So they Kansas where they would have to play Dayton, perhaps yeah, down the road. But who's going to bring more fans? That's uh, good point. I mean, I'm, Dayton will bring fans. Oh, or me. Louisville. Yeah, I mean they'll bring fans. Kansas could play Louisville. Kansas could play Louisville, according to Joe. In Sweet 16 or the Final 8? Final 8. Oh, man. Think CBS wins that game? That's, that'd be monster. But by, by the way, the Albany subregion would have Nova and Arizona and Seton Hall and Ohio State. 
Yeah, no, but that doesn't. That do doesn't much. do much. Seton Hall, you know. I mean, Tampa, I, Tampa would have Florida State, uh, Houston. Uh, I mean, Houston's a sneaky good team. Penn State, right? All you Nit fans, go to Tampa. Go to Tampa. What's Houston? A five? Houston is a seven. Wow. See, I think they're a dangerous seven. And West Virginia. So Houston, if they won, would play which two? Houston would play Florida State. Uh, that, that, Houston's, I'm not a big Leonard guy, so. Houston's sneaky. Florida State's pretty good. But Houston's sneaky. That, that's, where's UNC going? Are they, what, what bracket are they? Carolina. <laughs> they're not even going to the NIT, right? No, they're under 500. No, you can go to the NIT now. I think it, at under 500. I don't think they're going to the NIT. I don't think so either because they're like six games under 500. I think, I think, I think Roy is just wants the season. Yeah, to be so if the NIT went up to them and said, you want to play? Roy just says, nah. I'm, I don't see Carolina going to the CBI either. You remember Jay? I remember Jay. Year? Jay. No, no, it'll be great. It'll be great. Experience. Jay, if, if you lose one more game, you will tie the program record for most losses in a season. <laughs> uh, okay, I don't think we're going to go. I, he had like four healthy players at that point. He did. But he was so frustrated because he just won. You remember those games at the end of that year? <coughs> that game they lost to South Florida up at the yeah. Garden. It was like 46 it was to 43. It was ugly. And then that team beat Temple. Temple. Oh, God. Missed 22 straight shots. Jack and still beat Temple. Jack, how's Iowa going to do? I can't do that. I, I can't. I can't. You can do it. All right. Iowa. Iowa gets Utah State, and the winner gets Creighton. If according to Lenardi, was that Iowa gets Utah State? I don't know anything about Utah State. I have no idea. Except six eleven. It's a six eleven. Got to remember all those five twelves, six elevens, and even sometimes the four thirteen. You're going to get usually an upset or two somewhere in there. You just don't you know, know what? I, I like Fran's bracket if this turned out that way because they get Creighton. I think Creighton's pretty good. I, I, and that's a great matchup because Iowa and Creighton. I mean, that's a neighbor. That's a neighbor. That's thing. another one of those coincidental matchups. Does anybody, but does anybody on Creighton match up with Luca Garza? I, I don't know, but I'm telling you right now, that guy can coach his brains out. He can. And they've been. If you notice the last three weeks, the best team in the Big East is Creighton. I mean, they've been playing really well. If you look at it, ten from the Big Ten right now, seven from the Big East. Mm-hmm. Five from Pac-12, Big 12. ECC has gone back up to five. Yeah. SEC four. American three. West Coast three. Mountain West two. And the A-10 two. And I'm not trying to knock the Big East because I, I don't think the Big East is a seven-team conference. I think that speaks a little bit about what's going on around the rest of the country. Yeah, I do too. Like maybe the ACC would usually get a couple more, like Carolina, you know, would usually. By the way, Providence would be one of the last four in. Yeah, and, and Providence, look, they're, they're a gritty little team. Mm-hmm. They're not, I'm not, they're not, not bad. They're not bad. I'm not knocking them, but I'm just saying, when people see Big East 7 and they're, ugh. Well, all right, Big East 7 would be Creighton, Villanova, Seton Hall, Seton Hall, Marquette, Marquette Providence. Providence. Um,. Uh, hold on here. I'm I'm scrolling through it like really quickly. Butler, Butler, and Butler's been sliding lately. Butler's down to a seven seed. Yeah, they they've been sliding. And there's one more. We didn't get one more. Uh, we get Creighton, Butler, Marquette, Villanova, Seton Hall, Providence. Who are we missing? Keep going. I'm I'm missing a team, and I can't figure out who the team is. Unless it's a playing game. Could be. Providence Providence is in the playing game. Providence, Marquette, Villanova, Seton Hall, Creighton, Butler. Marquette? Xavier. 
Oh, it was Aver, yeah. Oh, yeah, them. They're a 10 seed right now. Yeah, that's, that's about So they're, on, they're living a little bit on the ball. They've got right three. Now. Look, they've got Seton Hall, Villanova, and Creighton are really pretty good. Mm-hmm. Butler slid. So I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, but they've got three teams that could could make a make a, make some noise. You know, um, it'll be fun. Well, if, if Seton Hall gets the garden, it'll be fun. Could you imagine? Yeah, see, that's another reason why they can't put Villanova in that bracket. Oh yeah, you, you're saying they could put Villanova in Seton Hall's bracket. Yeah, yeah, but, but part of that's probably to get seat, try to get Seton Hall up to the garden. I mean, Villanova's good at the garden too. They love going to the oh, garden. Are you kidding me? You know, we just talked. For a home, and where where they have Jay going? If God forbid they made the regional, Houston. So Albany, to, oh well, Houston, they got good vibes in Houston. Good vibes in Texas. That's true. That's that's that's, that's very very true. They wouldn't be playing. Would they be playing in that the, the same place? No, they're actually. I think they're the regionals now are going to the smaller arenas. So what, where are they playing? Uh, I would think. Imagine the Toyota Center where the. Uh, Rockets, Rockets play. play. Okay, okay, okay. No, I'm just serious because I mean, curious if, if they went back to that arena. Could you imagine the storylines if Phil oh Nova was going back? What they call it? RG. What the hell was the name of the stadium? NRG. NRG. I I was asking you guys that Monday night as, Who? We, as we're what was the name of the stadium? Yeah. yeah. Look around, Mike. No. <laughs> and I called it the Astrodome. I think, <laughs> I think you did. Oh, did I tell you about Jensen and I with that? The Astrodome's right next door for people who don't yes, know. Yes, it is. Eighth wonder of the world. Eighth wonder of the world, still standing. Right. So Jensen and I go to the fence, because you can look a little bit into, right across from where the media entrance is for NRG, mm-hmm. you can look into the Astrodome. Like, there's a, you know, a tunnel way and all that, and there's fencing up and all that. And we're like, oh, man, that'd be cool to get in there and everything. And then we saw this big rat running. <laughs> it's like... Well, the reason it's probably standing, I'm guessing, is because it was the eighth wonder of the world. It's a national landmark. Yeah, because there's no other reason for that still to be standing. You know, except it's across from Papado's. It's not across from Papado's. Well, when we ate that night at Papado's, isn't that close, though? It's, to- it's right. It's like diagonal. Okay. From the, diagonal. Uh, fo- the football stadiums in between. Okay. Oh, it's close enough. Um, But, yeah, because I'm sitting there. And, and the amazing thing is that's the eighth wonder of the world, and the stadium dwarfs it. Yeah, the new one. I mean, but you think at the time that was built in the early sixties, that was that was it. Mm-hmm. Colt forty fives. That's what the Astros were. Colt forty fives for like their first two years of existence. I think of the bad news bears that went every time I see that. So is that where they played? That the one with the uh, second one, William Devane, two or three. Yeah. Okay. I, I just watched why I let the kids play. Let the, let the kids play. Give them all trophy here. Everybody gets a part- <laughs> participation trophy. Bob Watson. Hey man, let the kids play. God. Anyway, we've played enough. Thanks for joining us on this extra long edition. Thanks to John Johnson for joining us. We'll see you two weeks. Whenever on work at the beat. You went-